0: You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to a Friday edition of the Locked On Longhorns Podcast. I am your host, Patrick Kahn. Uh, Joining me today would be Mike Hards of the Hards Not Glide Podcast, he's going to help Talk about the Texas Longhorns. We're going to be talking about the defensive backs today. We're going to be talking about the offensive line issues, what we want to see in the ball game, what Texas needs to do to get back to the Big 12 championships since they will not be playing on Friday. Uh, so we're going to dive right into it. So let's get into my conversation with Mike. All right, now let's talk with my good buddy. He's been on here several times. We're going to bring him back again. Mike Harge from the Harge Knock Life. Hardball hardballhards on Twitter. Mike, uh, we're here on a Friday. Uh, unfortunately, we're not doing what we thought we would be doing. That's getting ready for a Big 12 title game. Unfortunately, didn't go the Longhorns way this year. Kind of wanted to start off with some, just a recap. We got National Signing Day. The early signing period is now behind us. Yep. Texas signed 19 out of 20 expected commitments on, on day one, which was a shock to me. I, I didn't expect that they were going to secure almost their entire class on day one. Uh, there's always going to be one or two that you, you think, hey, we got a shot. LJ Johnson has a uh, uh, Cypress Fair. Uh He's a guy that, that we're looking at in February. Not real sure what's going to happen with uh, Ishmael Ibrahim. He's got some off the field issues to deal with before yep. he signs his letter of intent. But I wanted to start with the offensive line. More importantly, I want to start with Herb Hand. Mm. Um, your, what's your, your feel for for Herb Hand? This is his now third year, going into year four next year. If Tom Herman and the entire staff is to remain, uh, going into year four, how do you feel about what he's done uh, as the offensive line and co-offensive coordinator for the Longhorns?
1: Let me be honest with you. You know, Herb Hand was someone that when he got to the University of Texas, I had talked to a friend of mine that covered Herb Hand out in the Alabama area. And he told me, he said, you're going to love this guy. He's, he's outgoing. He's got a personality. He's not like most coaches. You saw him on, you know, the, the, the cooking shows. He was coming in. He was supposed to be this bad man on the grill, on the pit. And so I was like, all right, let's give him a chance. Let's see what happens. But when you come to the University of Texas, the bottom line is what are you doing uh, in your position? What is your position group going through? So I look at the development of Sam Cosme, and you could say, okay, he's done well, but Sam Cosme came in three star, worked his tail off, and now has positioned himself to be a possible first round pick. Uh, you look at what Derek Kerstetter, unfortunately, He had that injury to end his season, but he's a guy that became versatile. And I always try to say, if you're a Jack of all trade, you're not a master of one, right? You can play across the line. You can do different things, but as a whole, I think Texas has had some success on the offensive line, but they have struggled in the recruiting part of this. And missing on probably the year in the state of Texas, where this was probably the best offensive line group of guys in the state and Texas not truly getting a quote unquote bell cow that you can hang your hat on and say, okay, boom, this is the guy. Now, Hayden Connor, he may turn out to be the monster of this class. And I hope he is. I hope he does a great job, but, they missed out on some big name guys. And when the Aggies, Texas AM, and m lands one of those guys, it becomes a problem. When the Brockemeyers legacy kids go to Alabama. But let's be honest. When you look at Alabama, and if you're an offensive lineman, that's probably where you want to go. Probably. <laughs> you know, you're going to be in the limelight. You're going to get a chance to showcase. You're going to be coached hard and you're going to learn what it's like to be an uh, NFL lineman. Here at the University of Texas, I think in most eyes, and I'll ask you this too, Patrick, I mean, in most eyes, this this offensive line is underachieved. And and as far as development, it falls solely on Herb Hand, wouldn't you think?
0: Yeah, no, it, it, it 100% does. There's, there's a couple of thoughts here, and kind of want to get your opinion on it for me. When I think about Herb Hand, it's not so much the development that I have a problem with because, uh, you know, I think it's a double edged sword, right? You can only be coached a certain amount, but if you don't put in the work. Uh, then then development's not going to be there, but when you see a lack of development across the board, you can't say I think it's all of these players, you know, and and we've seen regression from players like Caden Stearns when he came out as a freshman. This guy had Earl Thomas 2.0 written all over him. And then he never became that after that year. Right. Um, you know, you see that regression. So that, that's my first thought. My second thought is not just talent acquisition. Maybe identifying that talent is a problem for Herb Hand. Because and I say that, because when I looked out onto the field this year, and I saw Denzel Okafor at right guard, and I saw Christian Jones at right tackle, and they struggled all season long. That makes me go, okay, why are none of these other guys getting a chance? Because I saw Andrej Carrick go out there against Kansas State. They have a really good front four, and he held his own. Yes,
1: he did.
0: He did not allow a single pressure according to pro football focus, and he took 26 snaps. Uh, and they, they have – like I said, they have some really good talent up front. And so I see that, and I think, okay – so, is there an issue with identifying talent? But to, to your point, I wanted to bring up, there were five offensive linemen in the top 15 according to the 24-7 composite rankings. Tommy Brockermeyer, Alabama. Donovan mm. Jackson, Ohio State. Mm. So, those those are your top two that were in the class. Savion Bird, Oklahoma. Bryce Foster, Texas A&M. Um, Reuben Fathery. Texas a and all in the top 15 in the state and every single one of these players were in the top 100 in the country and Texas missed out on every single one of them. Uh, you can't oh, well. go. You can't go. Oh, for five, you, you can, right. And the fact that AM got two of them, uh, Alabama got one, uh, Ohio state got one. And then Oklahoma ended up with Savion bird. These are guys that should be coming to Texas. I'm not going to say every single one of them. Uh, It makes me wonder, did Alabama do some negative recruiting on Herb Hand? Because they would know firsthand because he was from Auburn. Yep. Uh, And and to go back to your point about what you said about when you spoke with somebody who worked in the Alabama area about him, you're going to love this guy. He's got great personality. From everything that I've heard, Herb Hand is a fantastic person. And, And I think that's great but we're in the business of winning football games. Mm -hmm. We're in the business of getting this talent to the University of Texas. So my question is, should they do what they did last season prior to the ball game? They let Todd Orlando go, let Tim Beck go, decided to make some changes. Should Herb Hand be on that same line of thinking because of what transpired in the 2021 recruiting class? The right, conversation with Mike will continue, but first I want to tell you about Coors Light. The great thing, this weekend there's going to be a lot of college football games. It is championship weekend. There's going to be a game. And throughout the week, we're always go, go, go. We need to find a moment to chill. How do you hit that reset button to get ready for what's next? What's next is all the college football this weekend. So what you want to do, reach into your fridge and get that ice-cold Coors Light. We're talking cold-filtered, cold-loggered. It is made to chill. It's cold packaged. Uh, The crisp, refreshing as the Colorado Rockies is the perfect moment to unwind. The great thing is you can go to get your beer from the Coors Brewing Company in Golden, Colorado, brought right to you. All you got to do is go to get.coorslight.com. They're going to find, you can find the distributor close to you. It's going to bring it to you. So it doesn't matter what team is playing. Coors Light is the official beer of watching any college football, especially on championship weekend. But as a reminder, I always want to, Want you to remember to drink responsibly. So when you need to hit reset, hit for the beer that's made to chill. And we're talking Coors Light. As we get back into the conversation with Mike, and we're going to talk a little bit about the defensive backs, some wide receivers. I want to remind you on Monday, we're going to do a full recap of the weekend selection Sunday where we're do we think the Longhorns are going to be playing uh, their bowl game? What's the matchup? Uh, we're going to get into all of that on Monday show.
1: That's a tough. That's a tough call right now. Um, mm-hmm. Here, I'm going to say no, and this is why I'm going to say no. Think about what we are going through at the University of Texas. He already had seven new coaches put on this staff. Mm-hmm. in the in offseason. And he right. talked about the recruiting. You said you were shocked that he was able to get the majority of his players signed in that early signing period. And the reason you say that is because a lot of his coaches weren't here. They didn't even get a chance. Some of the kids are coming to campus without even having been on campus or even coming to meet these coaches in person. Right. And Urban said that during the, during the call. So I, the reason why I say that is because the continuity – is there does he have to step his game up absolutely do does tom herman walk into that coach's meeting and say herb you have just lost us probably the best players is it negative recruiting for sure Mm -hmm. for sure no there's no doubt about it i would i mean i would i would have been negative recruiting against the university of texas period for all the mishaps that or missteps that happened this year on the university from the social justice, the eyes of Texas, the the Herman's not going to be here. Why would you want to go to a school that you don't even know if he's going to be the coach? Listen to those savage fans back there. This you want to go to that school and deal with all that. I get it. I get it. But Herb hand will be put on notice. Let's just say that if I'm doing that and we're headed into the next phase of uh ending 2020 and going into 21 Herb Hand definitely is being put on notice for sure
0: yeah i mean you have to uh because when you look across the board at the level of recruiting texas is getting top players at every position except for the offensive line In one way or the yep, other yep, I mean, yep, when, yep. You lo- when you look at the, the position rankings things of those nature all right so let's let's focus on something else uh Mike, let's talk real quick about the defensive backs. Okay. Now going into next season, you You mean
1: DBU? You mean DBU? DB, <laughs> DBU. <laughs> there
0: you go. Uh you got Deshaun Jameson who is returning. Oh. You have Josh Thompson who is returning. You do know that Chris Brown is gone. You know Caden Stearns is gone. Where do you turn on the defensive side? Like if you were to to look at it right now, as things stand, so we're talking. If Tom Herman is back next year uh, and the staff is in place, Mm -hmm. who are you playing at safety? Who are you playing at corner? Um, And and kind of moving that around, just kind of a way too early look at next year.
1: Well, I mean, you obviously have your corners back, right? You have Deshaun Jameson and you have uh, Thompson back. You also, we still don't have a a ruling on what's going to happen with Jalen Green. You don't know what's going to happen with Cook, although these guys, Anthony Cook, they they obviously have stepped away from the field before, and you don't know if they're going to be around. But in the secondary, I mean, if you want to play some, you still got Keaton Crawford, who everyone said was unbelievable. You still have Jade Barron, who got a chance to play in some games early. B.J. Foster, another guy that is supposedly going to be around again until we hear from all these guys and find out if they're going to be here or not going to be here. That will play a big part of it. But Jaron Thompson, to me, I think showed that he is capable of playing uh, safety in, in the big games. And you brought up the offensive line and how those guys, the young guys played well. And here's another guy, Jaron Thompson, who played great at, at the safety position should have had, Could have had two interceptions, had one, almost had another. Mm -hmm. And I think he brings a lot of, uh, I don't want to call it moxie, but I think he brings a lot of uh, toughness and athleticism to be able to make some things happen. So those would be the guys that, um, Tyler Owens, another guy that we really hadn't talked about a lot. I think Tyler Owens could be, he's so big. I think he could probably be like a Demarvian Overshawn. I think he can be that same guy if he truly, truly wanted to. And you and I talked about this before. Some of these guys that have gotten moved into different positions, like an Overshawn, like a Chris Atamora, those guys are used to being the free safety type of guys. Now they are having to take on blocks. I think Tyler Owens would be one of those kids that could come in and take those blocks on because of his physicalness.
0: Yeah, I, and I, I think – he, to me, Tyler Owens, I think he would be a really good candidate to play that spur position. Yeah. Um, and maybe you can move Chris Adamora, who's more of a natural safety, back to, you know, one of the the one of the safety spots. Because I think both safety spots are going to be open. Yeah. We're not real sure. Uh, Jaron Thompson, like you said, he's a guy that when I watched him against Kansas State, I was like, why wasn't this kid playing before? Uh, yeah. Because – he was always around the football, uh, whether he's breaking up passes. He got the interception that set up the Roshan Johnson touchdown early in that game. Uh, you know, so yeah. Looking at the secondary of those guys um, I might look at a Josh Thompson playing safety. Right. Uh, and the reason I say that is I think he's good, but I don't know that I want him playing coverage every mm-hmm. snap. Right. Uh, he's a really good physical tackler. Right? And so maybe moving him over, Uh, And giving a guy like a Jade Barron, a Kitten Crawford, more opportunity to play cornerback. Yeah, you you mentioned Jalen Green, and and do we know where he's going to play or, uh, you know, look look at that position as a whole? You know, the other position that I'm kind of curious about is wide receiver. Right. Um, So, Brennan Eagles is leaning towards heading to the NFL – based on a report from uh, Clarence Hill from the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. And so if he's gone, let's – Tariq Black might have another similar decision. He was a guy I thought was going to do something, and then he kind of disappeared. Right. Um, How much do you attribute certain receivers disappearing due to they just wanted to get other guys involved, and how much do you attribute that to – the lack of downfield passing from sam ellinger and i know that's like a lot of people don't want to don't want to go there because sam's their guy is you know that's their golden child but i mean yeah. we, we have to be fair here if we're going to get on these players we have to get on sam as well uh his downfield passing was bad absolutely so when you look at that how much do you attribute that to the wide receivers and how much is that because the quarterback couldn't get them the ball?
1: I think it's a little bit of both. I knew that a a bunch of times he couldn't get, uh, the receivers couldn't get separation, so Sam would hold on the ball a little bit longer. He wasn't throwing the ball where he needed to. I mean, you know how this goes, but I agree with you 100% because there was a lot of times that those guys were flying down the field. They were wide open, and there was an underthrow or there was an overthrow, so I'm with you 100% on that, Uh, but I don't think that this is going to be, uh, this this season coming up, I think there's going to be a, a bigger difference in the passing game and a bigger emphasis on making sure that they hit some of those guys down the field and they don't miss it. I, from what I've heard, uh, Hudson Card throws a great deep ball. I know JaQuindon Jackson has a cannon, and, and hopefully he sticks around the university and, and gives himself a fair shot at that. Mm-hmm. But you know my man Casey Thompson – I I think he was somebody that should have got more reps throughout the years. And I think he's going to be just fine with it. I think the thing for me with those wide receivers, who is going to be the one to take that next step? Uh, Coming into the season, I really thought Marcus Washington was going to be a guy that was going to get a chance to play. Uh, Obviously, Andre Coleman had some different thoughts on some of these kids. Jordan Whittington, is he going to stay healthy? Is he going to stay in the slot? Is there Are they going to move him to the outside? Jake Smith is a burner. He needs to be in the slot. Schooler, Brendan Schooler is coming back. We heard that. So there's going to be plenty of weapons, per se, that are still going to be on the 40 acres. And let's not forget, I mean, he recruited well for the three years prior to this year, Coach Herman did. So there is a lot of top five talent and top 10 talent on this squad this year was the one year that he didn't so I expect some of these wide receivers to take a, a bigger step with a new quarterback
0: well the great thing is if you're if you're going through the entire week and, and you feel like there's a wall whether it's mental it's physical you're getting ready for college football and it's going to be on all day but you need to break through that wall the best thing you can do is go to BuiltGo.com and use the promo code Locked, LOCKED. You're getting 20% off your next order. Great thing. BuiltGo is made by the same people that made the Built Bar. It helps with your energy. They got easy to take packages, only one and a half ounces. Just pop that in your mouth. You're ready to go. You can put it in your golf bag if you need to get through a back nine. Put it in your pocket just to get through the rest of your day. It's the best workout gel on the market. Five hour energy taste. Without that same crash feeling, plus it's natural, better for your body. We got peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, chocolate mint, my absolute favorite. The best thing about it, it keeps me going strong because it gives me all that B6 and that B12 that I need. Uh, it also pro- you know, promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This, li- this stuff literally makes you look better and makes you feel better because you're going to break through that wall. You got to check them out. Go to builtgo.com. Use the promo code locked. You're getting 20% off your next order. Remember, use the promo code locked, L O C K E D, and get 20% off. Let's go. All right, before we finish out the conversation with Mike, I just want to remind you to check out Locked on Beds. Betting on college football doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcast. There's guys that, you know, freshman guys that I'm I'm going to mention that I kind of have my eye on. Uh, Kelvonte Dixon, mm-hmm. which is uh, Keontae Ingram's brother. Uh, yep. He's a burner. He he's a track guy. He's a he's a stretch the field guy. He's a guy to pay attention to. If Brennan Eagles is gone, then I am gonna start looking at my guy Troy Omier. Ooh, woo. he's got the size. And it, when I watched him in camp, I w- I was getting excited. I was like, this dude could be a big time playmaker for them down yes. the field. You know, uh, you know he has the size. He has the ability to go up and catch the ball. And and I'm not comparing him. I want to get this out here. I'm not comparing him, but he could have a similar impact to what Colin Johnson had in catching some of those balls where you just go, how in the world did he get to that? Yeah. Um, I mean, he has the size and the leaping ability to do it. Uh, you know. So, But I think you're right. Jordan Whittington, what are we doing there? Uh, because he's like a running back, slot receiver, hybrid. And I mean, I, I think the more often you can get the ball in his hands, it's great um you know what are they going to do with jake smith uh joshua moore joshua moore came out on fire slowed down a little bit i think a lot of that had to do with he was dealing with some injuries yep um i think he and part of it i think is uh he's got a real lanky frame so he could probably use to put some muscle on i think that would help him with his durability I don't know how much that would hinder him for what he is good for, but (laughs) that's, you know, that, that's looking at that, looking at him, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, So the big weekend, there is the big 12 championship going on tomorrow between Oklahoma, Iowa state, of course, Texas wants to be there. (laughs) Give me your top, two to three things that you that you believe Texas has to do in 2021 to get back to the Big 12 championship now that we've been out of the title hunt for two years?
1: Mm, I, I, I really don't like to hear that right there, but yeah. you're, you're speaking the truth, my friend. You're speaking the truth. So for me, the things that I need Texas to do, number one is stop playing all the – well, if you're going to play all these close games, win them.
0: Mm-hmm. Win them.
1: We we have, when I say we, I mean the University of Texas has the talent to be able to do so. Win those games. Um, you also need to play complete games. And I know that's stating the obvious, but think about the last time you saw Texas play a complete game. What was it? Uh, Utah in the in Alamo Bowl last season? UTEP. <laughs> yeah, UTEP. Yeah, UTEP, yeah. where they were up and down. I mean, they, they took off and never looked back. But when you look at the University of Texas and what is it going to take, number one, they have to be a more disciplined football team. They were – I think they were the first or second in a conference in penalties.
0: Uh If you looked at it, just conference games. So I took yeah. out UTEP. Yep. Uh, they were number one in penalties per game and number one in penalty yards per game. Those are some of those hidden yardage that really yep. hurts you. Yep. And it's Un- not just it's undisciplined, not just undisciplined football. And it's not just that they're playing undisciplined football. It's when these these things happen. The Derek Kerstetter uh penalty on on yep. third down when Ellinger gets within two yards. It was like third and seventeen. Gets that penalty now. He takes a touchdown off the board and they have to kick a field goal. They end up losing the game by two points,
1: right? Right, those types of things you don't you can't have happen.
0: And and I want to ask you if you agree with me on this. This is, this is something a football coach told me one time when he's talking about penalties. He goes, When he goes, When I see a team that pen, that gets penalized a lot, he goes, I believe one of two things
1: he goes, You either coach it or you allow it. Mm. Man, that's a that's a tough one right there because. Yeah, that means nobody on the team would have been able to play <laughs> because well, everybody did their part on the penalties.
0: Well, right, and, and it's, it's it's more than one person, right. uh, But right. I, I but I can distinctly remember Derek Kerstetter had two big bonehead penalties where I'm like, oh, what right. are you doing? Okay. Uh, but you know, but teaching it, allowing it, and and the only reason I even think that that was an option is when I heard Tom Herman stand up at the podium after a game or the Monday after. He said, "Well, I guess we're going to have to start uh, disciplining our players for bonehead mm-hmm. plays." And I'm like,
1: "I was the one who asked the question."
0: Right? Yeah, I remember. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, "I'm sitting there going, wait a minute. You mean to tell me you've been here for four years and you never thought about disciplining players for bonehead plays?"
1: Right. Right. What? Yeah, that's a that's a that's a dang coaching mistake, my friend. That's well, a first off, if you're going to do
0: that, mistake. don't admit to it. Right. Now we're going to question you.
1: You We're going to question you a lot. Especially when they continue to make the same thing happen. So, yeah, I got you.
0: All right, let's talk about this bowl game coming up. Obviously, we don't know where we're going to play. It's going to factor. The Big 12 championship will factor into that. If Oklahoma beats Iowa State, they could potentially get two teams into the New Year's Six bowl games, which means Texas is going to go back to the Alamo Bowl. Oh, great. But if Iowa State – Wins, that means Texas is going to go to Orlando and play in the Cheese Bowl against former defensive coordinator Manny Diaz and the Miami Hurricanes, most likely. Mm. So, with that being said, what do you want to see in this bowl game?
1: I would actually like to see Texas play uh, Miami because yeah. I think that would be a fun, exciting game. It'll give – um Man Candy Diaz, as one of my former uh <laughs> guest hosts used to always call him. Um I think that that he this would that would be a better matchup for me, just to add some spice to it. Going to San Antonio and playing in the Alamo Bowl, that's that to me has become the new holiday bowl for the Texas Longhorn fan base. Because remember, when there was a stretch where Texas was going to the Holiday Bowl quite a bit out there in San Diego and now they're turning it into the Alamo Bowl. So I although I know you know Alamo Bowl is close it'll save on travel for for the Longhorns it'll it'll save on the kids having to fly into a city um late because it doesn't seem like they're going to have all the festivities because I've been right to the last couple bowl games uh, to be there for the media stuff. And we've had a lot of fun. I mean, it went to the sugar bowl and we went to the Alamo bowl and we had a good time with that. But now it's like, okay, some of these kids are like, that's probably why some people are opting out. They're looking at the writing on the wall and saying, I've already played in that game. I'm going to go ahead and opt out on that one. Yeah. I don't want to play in that game.
0: Uh, Yeah. I can see that. Uh, You know, last year they had against Utah, Uh, arguably, probably their best, as you said, complete football game. Yeah. I mean, they absolutely owned Utah in that game. Um, we saw Joseph Asai move to the jack roll and in a game where he had, I don't know, it was like six and a half tackles for loss, three sacks, uh, had his best game. Very similar to what he did against Oklahoma State. Yep. Um, is there any experimenting that you'd like to see possibly uh, in this game? Because obviously they tried it last year. Uh, maybe it's maybe it's a simple fact of letting another quarterback get some snaps in this game. Uh, maybe it's it's something as simple as getting all of your playmakers on the field at the same time. I'm talking Jordan Whittington, Jake Smith, B. John Robinson. Mm-hmm. Pick your group of five playmakers, getting them on the field. You know, it's funny you brought up Miami, though. Before we get into your thoughts, because in that last game, they gave up an NCAA record, 544 yards rushing a Manny Diaz defense, giving up 500 yards rushing. I think I've seen this before. (laughs) I'm not going to bring up the game, but do you think Bijan is licking his chops at the opportunity to run the ball against that defense?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think Bijan is licking his chops to run the ball against any defense because that kid, He's a special, special type of player. And he deserves an opportunity to play as many games as he can because he's one of those kids that because this year technically is a free year for most kids, you look at them, you really only have them for two years. Yeah. You're really gonna only have them for two true seasons. So for him and his opportunities that that he is now taken full control of and we me and you have talked about this before that he should have been on the field from day one there shouldn't have been no reason for this kid there's no babysitting him he's a five star not a two not a one not somebody y'all got at the you know I hope he can come in and maybe by his senior year be an impact player, or get some run on specialty. Are we, are, oh, we, are,
0: are we treating this kid like he's a preferred walk-on?
1: Exactly. And it's funny that you say that. I just got a text from my cousin, and he said, yeah, my buddy just got on as a preferred walk-on. And we're like, okay, what does that mean? <laughs> we <laughs> we know what it means, but yeah. you, you sit and you say, okay, why is this kid just now getting an opportunity? So for Bijan to go into this bowl game, which I'm glad that, Herman said that they're going to play in the bowl game. Um, everybody wants to play in the bowl game because I think that's the right thing to do. And we can talk about those bowl games here in a little bit because, you know, as an opportunity for all the stuff that these kids have gone through this year from the three times a week, no scraping uh, COVID test for sacrificing everything that they did this entire year. So the school can have some uh, some football games on campus. I think those kids deserve that reward of going to a bowl game because they sacrificed a lot this year. And for some of those schools to say, no, we're not going to go to a bowl game. I think that is very dis- disappointing if the kids want to back out and say that they don't want to go great, but don't make that decision for them because they have sacrificed everything this year just to get on that football field. I absolutely
0: agree with you hundred uh, percent. I know you said we would get into those bowl games uh discussion but unfortunately we are running low on time mike i appreciate you hopping on as always make sure you check him out on twitter at hardball Harge. and uh also check out his podcast it's the Hard knock life wherever podcasts are available mike appreciate you and we'll uh we'll talk soon
1: always appreciate it patrick thank you brother